Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Why, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the almond cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there any time, so if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code Laura for extra savings. Approved by the Milkman. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined, as always, by my fabulous co-host, amazing, extraordinary sister from another mister, physical therapist and genius movement specialist, Kristen Williams. Oh my God. That's so good. I could just go on and on. You do. And it's like the voice, you've got it all. I mean, you guys have to watch her um, on. I have, a, I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> you have a face for TV, but a voice uh, for radio for sure. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Uh, I love it. All right. Welcome everybody to Wednesday Q&A. We are going to hit the ground running here with a question that we received from Dunneen. Um, Hi, Laura and Kristen. Love listening to your answers on the podcast and love sharing them with people in my class when appropriate. My question today is about handstand drills. I have a client similar age to me in her 50s, very strong and fit as a fiddle, solo mother of four and full-time nurse. Whoo! She keeps herself strong with my lit yoga classes at the gym and weight training and has a and has PT once a month. She is in the gym five days a week doing something, averages about two lit classes a week with me. And so, yes, Deneen is one of our lit instructors in New Zealand. Um, she's amazing. So she would like to progress more with her handstand journey. 
So I've just started doing some more short privates, like 30 minutes after class. I have some drills on the wall that we are working on as she is not confident enough to come away from the wall. She gets up just fine, but I notice she has the small beginnings of dowager's hump. So an outward curve of, of the thoracic spine more pronounced when weight bearing in the hands than just standing would appreciate some exercises to help with this and enable her to feel more confident so we can get off the wall. As always, so appreciate, appreciate your advice. Hmm. Well, first of all, my gut instinct is this. This is a, this is a go-getter. If she's at the gym five days a week, she's a mama of four, single, I mean, she's a go-getter which is awesome. And yet, uh, for learning handstand, this is learning a handstand for anyone is amazing, but for, for go-getters, it's really amazing because you have to actually rein them in. So I think the first thing to impart is that this is a wonderful journey and that there's a lot of elements of handstand that happen before you even get vertical. So I would, and the fact that she's got Ex, like she's already getting that thoracic kyphosis, which is happening with so many people um, that that you could work on handstand all the time, but it's going to be really tough. So I would do a lot of actually stuff in quadruped and in plank and um, opening up her chest wall, getting a lot of shoulder stretching, shoulder mobilization, um, and incorporate some drills, but start with those because I have worked with s s clients like this who, you know, are so strong, are so motivated, and they have like some biomechanical malalignment that that structurally is just going to get in the way if we don't address it. And so it's like layer on all of that and then a little bit of drills. So if you have 30 minutes, I would, if she's already can do the reset and she's coming in pretty integrated, I would still observe her there. Like if she's in bridge, make sure that like her chest is really open and that she, but she's not thrusting her ribs, that she's getting some, the scapula in neutral, even in bridge, and then take it into quadruped. And can she keep her head in the right position with her scapula in neutral? Maybe doing some scapula like circles while she's weight bearing, you know, to get the feeling of more uh, mobility in the scapula and holding the kind of neutral thoracic spine as much as possible and then having and then doing some stretching on the wall goalpost stretching um, arms up the wall things like that because handstand she can do it on the wall but you know a lot of people can do it on the wall this is not to take away from that but she'll, she's not going to get off the wall unless the structure is set up and so her her fear or maybe like everybody has fear okay that's number one everyone has fear about getting to handstand pretty much but it's probably even more so because she can feel she's not integrating into the scapula. And that's not a good position. Because then you have to really, really kind of kick up as opposed to lean in. So just leaning in, leaning into plank, leaning into quadruped, getting that feeling of trying to get the scapula more pulled onto the back ribs in a neutral position, working on some retraction, some scapula, uh, uh, some serratus holding in neutral versus going into the puffs because she doesn't need that. Um, that would be my, like, the biggest thing I would say is tell her, we're working on this. This is going to take time because you can get up in a handstand and it won't actually be beneficial if you don't set up the biomechanics. 
And that's the hardest thing for people who are go-getters to hear because they know they're strong. They, they love the feeling of being inverted. And, you know, doing down dog, down dog on the wall I think is going to be way better than doing a handstand and having her, you know, get on the wall that way because down dog is going to make those scapula stabilizers work. And it's going to really be a truth teller. Can she keep her thoracic spine in more of a neutral position and not get into that rounded? Yeah, no, you know, I'm picturing right now, I'm just from your description, like what you said, that this is a go-getter. I'm picturing a, a lot of women in the 40s and 50s that we see in ads that are very muscly, they're super fit, but as physical therapists, as lit yogis, we look at them and we right away see that protracted shoulder. We see the anteriorly tilted pelvis. We know without even watching them move the amount of muscle restrictions, soft tissue restrictions they have. That was me 10 years ago. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super active. I love to work out, but I wasn't doing yoga. I certainly wasn't doing, um, lit until I found it. And, uh, you know, I was really unintegrated into my scapulae. And so first of all, I love that you talked about the weight bearing movement of the shoulder blades. That was a game changer for me. Just even in down dog, the shrugs up and down. Um, cause I'm like, like you said, she doesn't need any more protraction. She does not need any more thoracic flexion. She she's, needs, she's going to need, yeah, she, yeah, she needs small muscles to come on. She does. And, and, and unfortunately that, the gym position. doesn't get those as yeah. much. No, they the don't. Part. Yeah. She's probably been doing the chest. She's been doing all the, I would guess, weight training stuff, mm -hmm. which looks, you know, makes you look good, but for the purposes of a handstand and I echo you have fun with it, you know, really encourage her to know that this is a long journey, um, that will, it will help her body too. Uh, down dog on the wall. Absolutely. Because she's going to be getting into that shoulder flexion. Deneen, you can spot her, um, to, you know, to help her explore a bit more shoulder flexion without, you know, going into a passive pushing her there, but just, encouraging a lot of times we don't have that strength at the upper range you know so that's a foreign place to be weight bearing and let alone you know stabilizing through the scapula because we haven't done that since we were little maybe doing cartwheels and stuff around the, the playground so have her do cartwheels around the playground you know things like that anything to really loosen up the soft tissue um loosening up her low back you know look to see is she that typical hard, you know, weight lifting, working out body position that's really tight in the low back. That is going to increase that dowager hump look because she's going to have her lats. Every time she lifts her arms up, that's going to pull on the low back. She can only go so far. So she's going to protract and round to try to get further. Um, so down dog on the wall is going to be a game changer. I love the weight bearing scapular mobility stuff is going to be a game changer. Um, you know, really talking to her as she gets more integrated into the pelvis as well you know learning where the pelvis is when you're upside down i you know is what what was big for me but um you know the other thing i think this this population i'm that's me can get easily frustrated because mm -hmm. we are so athletic we are so like if i just do more I'll get it. Well, handstand, yes, if you work on handstand more, you're going to get it sooner. But handstand is not a, if I push harder, I'm going to get there quicker. Mm -hmm. It is truly a journey of patience, 
mm-hmm. of compassion to yourself, um, you know, of falling down and getting back up again. Um, and just, you know, really learning, um, how to move in your upper back, how to be strong there. And then, you know, I think she's going to see some positive changes in her, whether she, it sounds to me like she only has the dowagers or it's more pronounced in weight bearing. I think again, that she's just so rounded and protracted that it just pops up because she doesn't have that, that thoracic mobility. So yeah, I echo everything you say with all those wonderful drills off the hand. I mean, off the wall, Mm -hmm. um, until she yeah. you know, as she builds that that's if she were to moment. do anything on the wall i would actually have her do down dog on the wall but i would also do this the squat on the wall where you find your triple s you bend your knees the feet are up and then you work on this and see can she keep her head somewhat back on the wall without looking like she's a you know constricted and and really practice shrugging this is so hard for people who are rounded in the upper back because of that lat tightness and all that. but and, and so it actually feels like a tremendous amount of work. But this is good work. And and that's something she could start doing at home. She can, I know we got a question about myofascia, so we can just kind of address it here because we talk about myofascia so much. Um, who is the person that asked it? So we can just, yeah. she knows that so we're answering let me, it. Sure, this was Shirley. Shirley wrote in to our um, lit, lit yoga email saying, what do you think about myofascial release? Do you ever incorporate it into your own personal practice with balls or foam rollers or ever recommend it to your students? Why or why not? Yes. Yes. We recommend it all the time. Personally, I don't use it a lot because I am very, uh, in a spectrum of balance. I would use it if I had something that I needed, but like, that would be one of the first things I would turn to. Here's an example of putting like a tennis ball between her scapula or a bigger ball, you know, not something hard, but something that's like a you know, like that has some squish to it and putting it between her scapula and pushing that into the wall as she tries to um, bring her arms away. She's not getting myofascial release necessarily, but she's getting the myofascia compression of the direction we want her scapula to go because they're rounded and hunched the other way. Then she can do that on the ground with a, a, a good foam roller, uh, a tennis ball, and then having somebody work on it, it's amazing. Myofascia is something we use and we have classes that incorporate it. We, um, in our training, we incorporate it. And, and definitely almost every person that walks, that I have physically with me, I do some sort of myofascia because almost everybody has some kind of imbalance. And a little, it doesn't take much. That's a wonderful thing is our body is really, it wants to kind of be this like nice supple little rubber band. And we're just kind of encouraging it through some myofascial release. So we absolutely use it, Shirley, and, and, and this person that um, Donine is working with would be a great example. She probably is really restricted in her chest wall because people that are more rounded in the um, upper back, it's we not only need a ton of strengthening back there, but the through the body, you have to think of there's actually tissue through the body that attaches to the scapula, and that's your pec minor. It is so restricted, and then you then you combine that with your lats being restricted. This person is like, you know, getting their arms up and there's just squishing the chest even more. So freeing up the chest wall, like lying on some kind of uh, ball or foam roller. I use a block too. You can use it. You don't have to go and get an actual myofascial thing, but that would be really helpful because she's going to need some freeing there so she can fully strengthen. You can't strengthen those smaller muscles that are so important, the scapula stabilizers, if you can't position your scapula to begin with. 
right? You're just gonna go and recruit the bigger ones and maybe a little bit part of the um, fibers of the scapula stabilizers will try and come in. So yes, we believe yeah, in my And I've got a, um, a video on Lit Daily called Issues with Tissues. Mm. Where we do just that. We do soft tissue release. So, you know, surely you can check that out. You know, I foam roll, I use foam rollers, I use balls, I um I use my own hands, I yep. use there are all those great tools out there. Um, you know, they are they are they are a tool, so they are part of the process. We do myofascial release in addition to other stuff. But I love your point. You can't strengthen certain areas if you can't get there. So yeah. whatever we can do to get someone there, neuromuscular education, myofascial release, soft tissue restriction, you know, massage, whatever it is. Um, so we can open up that body and, and get to those smaller, smaller muscles. And, and yeah, when somebody's like super eager to get on their hands and you lay this all out, it can feel overwhelming. You can't, you can't get from A to Z though. And so I like to think like you were saying, like start to embrace it. Like this, because this is not just about getting in a handstand. This is going to change your posture. It's going to change your movement. It's going to change the recruitment um, of these muscles. It is so, so impactful. So really embrace that it's probably going to take longer and that's cool. That's amazing because <laughs> there's a lot of other things that are going to happen. All right. Uh, next question. This is from Noreen. She asks, what are your favorite things about being a physical therapist? So I'll let you start off. That was yeah. a, I know. And she just looked at the, the look on my face way. was like, oh, I mean, yeah. I, my favorite thing about being a physical therapist, well, yeah, is education. I love educating people. That is my number one favorite thing. I love helping people help themselves. I also love having the knowledge to help my own self. And so that is why um, the, the, the pandemic has been eye-opening for me. The pandemic has really forced me to look at how I can help people as a physical therapist without my hands. And then I started thinking to myself, well, goodness, I help myself every day through whatever niggling ache and pain I might have whenever I have an injury. I almost never go see a PT. I almost never go see the doctor. I almost never go see a massage therapist because I help myself. I help myself because I know what to do. And so my that makes my number one favorite thing about being a PT is educating people, educating our teachers to educate people. That's the beauty of this whole lit method that we are teaching people to help others simply through education. We aren't teaching people to manipulate joints. We aren't teaching people to be physical therapists. We're teaching people to educate both themselves and other people about moving better and how that is what heals the body. Movement is what heals the body. Not, yes, the other stuff, the tools, like we talked about in the last, you know, question, the massage, the joint manipulation, the, the soft tissue release, that's all the strengthening that that all is part of it. But man, oh man, education is numero uno. How about you, Laura? Oh, I echo that so much. You know, I sometimes feel like um, it's, it's been uh, so surprising because my when I came into physical therapy it was like I want to help people I want to help them you know get back to their life whatever they want to be doing but in addition to that what has been like so amazing and surprising is I feel like we as physical therapists especially I think in lit because we really are applying physical therapy and we're 
whereas some people, as you know, in the clinic can't do it to the same degree. I feel like we have this book that we have had access to and most of the world has not because most of the world has never learned about their body, has never learned about posture, has never, they've never gotten a guidebook for how to walk, run, squat. We, we learn all this, it's all, like part of our DNA, we learn it, but we can learn it in ways that are less optimal and then we are living in this body. It's like living in a costume that we don't know what, like what, what does this party represent? You know, like, and, and it's like, it's mad. I wish everybody had this book. And so I think that's what we're doing is we're saying like, everyone deserves to know this information. We were born with this body. It is going to be with us for our entire life. It's the longest relationship we will have is with ourselves, with our body. And we haven't been given the book. We haven't been given the manual. It's And so what I have seen, what, what is magical is like we're just teaching people this in a way that we've distilled down from like, you know, PT talk that's over people's head. We don't need to do that. We can just talk about the body because everybody will, we've seen it. We have thousands of teachers. They know, they know about the body. It's just they weren't given the book. And now we're just like, we just have this amazing, amazing position to share that knowledge. And it's that that's like you said, education is that is what I'm most grateful for because it's so regenerative, because there's always millions of people who have yet to experience it. Yep. And so you know, like that's our our mission is like is is lofty. And the reason is because it's it is it's so counterintuitive, and especially in our modern day life, because we aren't we aren't doing the things that we did when we got these bodies long ago in evolution. And we still have all the equipment and the wiring, and yet we're not doing it. And we don't know why, you know, some things don't operate. But the way you move affects everything, your breath, your nervous system, how you feel, how you manage anxiety, how you manage stress, how you manage stress in a good way and perform, you know, how you heal, how you digest, how you sleep. It's everything. It's really that freaking important. And yet we're not <laughs> given the manual. So... I think inadvertently we got this manual thinking we're just going to do this as our job, but then recognizing like this needs to be shared with everyone. Amen, sister. Woof. So yeah, we have a lot of, we love being PTs. Love it. Love. Did you have another question or are we? Uh, no, 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 I'm Okay. Yeah. All right. So the next one is kind of funny yeah. because this is about lit. How, and this is a person that did not leave her name or his name. How did you grow lit so fast? So when I saw this, I kind of snickered because I love that that is the appearance. <laughs> but I think it's a really good topic to think about if you're an entrepreneur, if you're um, if you're a PT coming out of school, if you're a you know business person coming out, whatever you're doing, if anything looks like it happened fast, that's just what you're seeing. You know, and I think I don't know anyone who has grown a business that would argue that. I can't imagine anyone comes right out, is like exploding into their uh, whatever their territory is, and it, and grows it fast. It is there are so many behind the thing behind the scenes elements, and so the answer is I don't think it grew that fast at all. It's just been a very steady growth. Because if it grew, if anything grows too fast, I don't think you're ready for it. 
I've been ready for every step along the way because I was learning new skills at those different steps. And if I had gone from like just kind of starting off thinking, oh, I want to do this thing, uh, I, I would not have been prepared at all. I don't feel like I'm prepared now. I'm learning all the time. I'm, I'm kind of a novice at business, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning it. So I think that um, I love that it might appear that way, but it's uh, in general, for not just me, for anyone that has some level of success, it is never overnight. It is never fast. Um, it, some people might get it faster than others, and they probably have some good fortune of people really helping them financially or logistically. And so, but, but just know that there's, there's a lot of effort to, to, to grow a business. And maybe from the outside, I mean, you're in it, you've been in, so in it as well, but maybe you could also speak to what. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, I would say, I don't think you or I would have been ready 20 years ago to do this. You know, I do think we think it, um, you know, uh, we might make it look easy. I certainly know from the outside looking in, I would look at you and think, man, you know, like I knew you worked hard, but I had no idea until I got behind the scenes. Holy shit, she works hard. So you make it look effortless, but I, you know, there's a lot of work going on. There's a, it, it, this job is 24 seven, three, six, five, because we are, we're, we're virtual. So we never, you know, Laura's taking calls. We're taking calls on the weekends, on Saturdays, on Sundays, in the early morning, late at night, because we're global. So there is a lot of work, but I don't, I think, and this is where I do marvel, I will say, when I see some of these younger PTs who are, they're putting in hard work on social media, you know, to grow. And I think to myself, how are they doing this without having the experience, you know, like the experiential um, knowledge does does make our life, I think, a lot easier because oh, I agree. we can I absolutely agree. go through our Rolodex of, a ro and I don't even mean just as a PT, I mean, our Rolodex of experience in life, in business relationships, in relationships, period. You know, being, I am so glad that I'm doing this now as a late forties woman, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, letting stuff roll off our back. You know, you've said it a lot. You've said this, this business is all about like staying power, you know, just being mm -hmm. able to stay the course. You have surrounded yourself with people who, who love you and who love this method and who are passionate. That helps, mm -hmm. I think, speed things along when you're not doing it yourself, when yeah. you start to ask for help, delegate things like that helps. But um, I do think that you do a good job. I think we, we all do a good job at lit of making it look pretty effortless, but it is a lot of work. And, um, but when work brings joy, it doesn't feel like work. So exactly. Um, yes, totally. And I, I, I so appreciate you saying that. And I think, yeah, again, um, don't be in a rush. I think that's probably like, so true. Like, I feel like every step along the way has felt less effortful and also more manageable because it happened at a pace that, uh, yes, I was ready for it in all parts of my life, you know, with not uh, my children being older and um, 
uh, yeah, experience, I, ha I have to say, it's huge. It's huge because if you're younger and, and you can't, I'm sorry to say you can't sidetrack that. Like, it doesn't mean you don't have knowledge and a voice when you're in your 20s or 30s by any means. Of course, you have so much to offer. But yeah, if you're really like pushing to just turn that dial and really grow, there's, um, I think it's, you're, there's going to probably be little, uh, I don't want to say mistakes, but maybe hiccups. But I, I'm asked that question all the time. Is there anything you would do differently? And it's really, and I'm like examining, I'm really scrutinizing, and I can't really say, and I think it's because I went slow enough. I really did. If I had, if it had gone really fast, I'm sure I would have made a lot more mistakes because then you, then you have to make decisions quick. You have to make, make them based on many other reasons. Every decision I make, and I know Kristen knows this, has been my heart. It's not, oh, this is going to get money. I, I do think there is something to that. Obviously, you have to pay bills. But it, if it's not organically connected to your core mission, it, I, I believe it's going to cause problems. And you might not be able to decipher that core mission uh, when, you're, when you're newer at it. So I guess the, the whole message here is don't worry about trying to grow something too fast. Just grow it and enjoy it and um, make sure it checks the boxes, right, that you're, that you're able to, you know, feed yourself and, and manage all the, like, the financial security things but that you're also having some fun, even though it's going to have, it's going to be a lot of work, but you're having fun at it too. Yep. Yeah. All and right. And do people you love for sure. Oh, totally. Amen. Amen, sister. High five through here. If you want to <laughs> learn more about like a lot more, I've talked, I mean, I've talked about entrepreneurships and stuff, but you can check back with uh, a, a recent Friday with friends with Tiffany Sauter. We talk about entrepreneurship as women, as women who have kids and you know the ups and downs of that, but ultimately, like this is this is wh what we chose, and and we both. Uh, she's a little bit younger than I am, but we're both. You know, she's it was in it for twenty years before, like made some big steps. So, I think it's important not to not to rush, not to rush the process, and also don't think of numbers as always being. You know, to me, it's it's there's, transactions are not just financial. It's like wins are not just financial it's like are you i was just looking it up that's um episode 604 if you guys are looking for it yeah episode 604 that's a good one but ah all right great questions they're all over the place and i love it so you know you can ask us anything personal professional uh you know medical we'll, we'll try and answer them all as best we can you can find us on instagram and and direct message us because we keep track of that i'm laura.hyman and Kristen is kbwilliams99. You can also email us if that's your game. We at support at lityoga.com. We get those forwarded to us by our staff and we just keep them in a little folder and we will answer them. And, um, you know, because yeah, going back to that question, it's all about education and that's what we are here to do. We are here to just share what we've learned over the years as PTs. Um, as medical professionals, as mothers, as business people, um, you know, as wives, as sisters. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys are growing as we are each and every day. Oh, I love that, sister. Yes. Yes. We love you guys. So make sure you subscribe, rate and review. That really makes such a difference, especially for podcasts, because this is, for example, something we do just for enjoyment and for education. And so we really appreciate when you share it and subscribe. It means so much so much to us so 
Know that we appreciate you and we're always pulling for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.